Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 296. What a loaded show we have tonight because a lot of stuff has happened over the past uh, hour or two uh, pertaining to your favorite and our favorite Philadelphia sports teams. But before we get to it, this show would not be possible without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, you see me wearing them every single show. They're the best glasses on the market. That's right. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades bringing it each and every day. Their brand new Outlaw and Garrison class sunglasses are live on their website. And right now, if you guys head over to TomahawkShades.com, when you go to checkout, use our promo code USP. You're going to save 25% off your order. And for a limited time only, free domestic shipping on all orders. Make sure you check out their brand new uh, run that they're doing called the Small Batch Collective, where they are releasing a limited number of of different apparel items right now it's two different hoodies kind of a uh a nice little light gray that they've got going and then a mauve color as well uh beautiful hoodies only 30 of them being made once they're gone they're gone that's the small batch collective from our friends at tomahawk shades and our promo code is eligible with the small batch collective so make sure you uh head over to tomahawkshades.com Promo code USP for 25% off your order and for a limited time only, free domestic shipping on all orders. And of course, support for Underground Sports Philadelphia is brought to you by the beautiful humans over at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And I'm sure after tonight, Matt... Not including myself, but a lot of people are going to be shaving uh, their in solidarity, waiting for the James Harden trade to happen beards. Potentially using the Lawnmower 3.0. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They spent 18 months perfecting the brand new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Guys, when we tell you it's premium, we mean premium because check this out. The battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology, you know, Will, president of Pumpsylvania, is known for, you know, drowning his sorrows in the shower. 
The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is safe in the shower. You can be in safe in at least one way. So you can shave your James Harden beards in the shower. Uh, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor, which I've been told is about as fast as Tyrese Maxey runs up and down the court. Uh, with quiet stroke technology, and let's not forget about the charging stand, show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you guys are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia, watching on the Twitch channel right now, we want you to experience the Manscaped experience firsthand for yourselves. Go trim that junk of yours, shave off your solidarity beards, get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. And Matt, typically leading up until today, that was our final ad read, but we've got a new sponsor on board. For those of you watching live on Twitch, you see it on the layout. We are proud to uh, partner up with our friends at Stateside Vodka. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka is the fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. They're headquartered in Old Kensington. And when the world gets back to normal, they have a beautiful full bar restaurant. They offer distillery tours weekly, but currently that is closed due to the pandemic. Stateside Vodka, seven times distilled. All those ones you're buying on the shelf, six times distilled, get it out of here. Seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. And get this, Matt, they are blended with electrolytes. They blend the vodka with electrolytes, the first vodka on the market, with a mineral composition that is on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G. So no more uh, taking coconut water at the end of the night or Pedialyte. Exactly. None of that needs to happen because it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. Current distribution footprints in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and D.C. Oh, and uh, let's not forget, they've won awards for the best package, not in Pennsylvania, not in the tri-state area, not the East Coast, not the the world. Award-winning packaging. And it's sold in 500-plus liquor stores in Pennsylvania. And they are hooking you guys up as they've partnered with us. Go to statesidevodka.com to purchase your vodka. The one-liter bottle is what our promo code is eligible on because that is all they are legally allowed to discount. Got to play by the rules. The one-liter vodka bottle, statesidevodka.com. Promo code USP gets you 10% off your order. Best in the business. Stateside Vodka. Must be 21 or older to purchase and please drink or as will would say pump responsibly what's going on man what a time <laughs> living the dream <laughs> what a time Which, again still feels very much like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's kick it off with the big news uh all afternoon it seemed like one james harden the bearded wonder was going to be a philadelphia 76er mark stein was on it reporting that Ben Simmons was involved in the trade. The Rockets were trying to, you know, get Tyrese Maxey into it. And at that point, I was like, pause. <laughs> you can't give up your point guard of the future. Then Matisse Thibel was being thrown into the deal. Then they wanted draft picks. And quite frankly, I can't blame Daryl Morey from walking away from something like that after we saw 
what the inevitable deal was that sent James Harden not to the Sixers, but to our rival, the Brooklyn Nets, where he partners back up with Kevin Durant, and potentially, if he's back on the court, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's it's difficult because it, it felt like we, and at the end, we were obviously one of the teams seriously involved in discussions here. It is a big ask when you're talking about giving up Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thibault, plus you know, you would have expect looking at the the deal that the Rockets got, they had to have been looking for at least three, you know, picks, if not more, you know, they're getting eight picks out of this. It's, it's the biggest pick haul that we've ever had in a trade. And rightly so, because it's for Tarden. You look at the players though, and you know, they're not really getting totally to value. They are in effect, again, only depot in the fact that there's a third and in a way, a fourth team involved in this trade, I think makes it interesting and tells to me that, Almost like that was uh, the the Mark Stein tweets. That was like the last chance for the Sixers to get in because with all these teams involved, you know, all the deals coming right after each other, this was something that was obviously coordinated and was done well before whenever that news dropped at you know three or four o'clock today. It's it sucks though, if I'll be honest, because uh, the Nets haven't really felt like a rival to us because for the longest time they've been a bad team. And then the only times that we've really had anything to do with them were in the playoffs where we, we trounced them. And But now, obviously, coming into this year, they're already a very good team. You had James Harden in the mix. Obviously, having James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving on the same team is incredible. And I think you have to consider them one of the top teams in the East. We've seen many times, though, where teams – can have the elite talent but if you don't have like pieces around them which they've just shipped off that can be very difficult this was a team that was already going to have trouble in my opinion at least defending Joel Embiid and now you've just got rid of Jared Allen and you're going to be depending entirely on DeAndre Jordan to be doing something like that that you know there's still areas to exploit this team to me this this hasn't become like the juggernaut like we used to have with the Warriors right or you know like the LeBron Miami Heat teams where it just feels completely useless. This still feels volatile, like this team, mm-hmm. especially when you have Kyrie, like, kind of not playing basketball right now, <laughs> which I think we should do our best to remember that. he's He's been kind of in and out of focus so far this year. But, I mean, yeah, this team is healthy. They're, they're certainly one of the favorites in the league to win a championship just on talent alone, and it sucks that you have that in the division as well, not even just your conference. You're going to have to face this team a lot, and, you know, your success is going to have to run up against theirs. But... Um, I, I personally would have pushed in for James Harden. I, I think the, the Ben Simmons experience has been a rough one because he just isn't improving. He doesn't look good. Um, part of that could have been because of the trade rumors, you know, like that your mental space can definitely play a role in how well you play, but it's hard for me to be encouraged by what you see from Ben Simmons when he just doesn't do anything offensively and he's not progressing at all he's not growing and it's not like he's you know already a great scorer to begin with like even when he's driving to the rim he's not like super elite at what he does he's he's good but this is a guy that i think is still going to cause you problems in the playoffs like there's nothing that's changed about his game that we have seen from the last you know two or three playoff series that is going to make it better for us and james harden is the ultimate upgrade on that Anything, any trade, any any move you make now is much, much lesser. Obviously, you're not going to have to give up what you would have to, to get in James Harden, but 
that's where uh, this is a little frustrating in that I just I don't personally believe Ben is really a tenable solution anymore um, and I, I think you have to be finding or at least you know, taking phone calls to, to finding a way to improve that situation but overall you know the Sixers have had a weird last week and it, it would have only gotten weirder but um, you know it's it's they're still in a good position I don't want to mm -hmm. like discount where the Sixers are at. You know, this is still a good team, but it does still feel like this is a team with a ceiling. Now, obviously, you've added Seth Curry, right, and you've added Danny Green, and you know maybe some addition by subtraction with No Horford, and you have Dwight coming off the bench, which is an improvement. Tyrese Maxey, you know, obviously now still on the team, at least for now. Who knows, right? Right. So you have all those pieces, and and there is some difference there, but I I just. I can't really be convinced that this team is really like a, a true contender in its current construction. Can they win a title? Sure. Like they have talent to do it, but Ben Simmons, we've, we've just seen now in the playoffs the last few years that he's just offensively just a black hole and it's, it's way too easy to plan for him. Like he's not even like someone like Russell Westbrook, right? Where it's like, all right, well like you can plan around him or, you know, like Ben Simmons, the book on him is super simple. And that's that's where it gets frustrating, and um, that's why I would have liked to have seen you know a very very clear upgrade with James Harden. But yeah, I think you know on both sides you can't immediately be calling the Nets like a, they obviously are a super team, right? But the, to me they're not like this. They haven't been like made kings. You know that this isn't like some anointment for them. They're still gonna have to go win games, and that's not easy to do when you have sure three top top players in the league. I'm not discounting that at all, but. The rest of this team now is pretty beleaguered and pretty devoid of talent. You already lost Dinwiddie for the season with a, a knee injury. Uh, you're now losing Karis LeVert. You're losing Jared Allen. Like you're losing like a lot of big pieces and pieces for the future. I might add as well. You know, I, I I'm not one of those people that doesn't think that James Harden and Kevin Durant aren't going to be you know good in two or three years. But they also are older players. They're both like early 30s now. This is their prime, absolutely, but you know if you're thinking four or five years from now, if if you just get unlucky in the playoffs, even right, it's not even always about talent. Sometimes you can just get unlucky. Where where does this net situation go? But um, and for the Sixers, it's it's not the end of the world. But this would have just been such an ideal way to kind of move off Ben, who I think it's very clear now just isn't going to be improving offensively. I feel like we're going to be saying when he's like 28 that, oh, well, you know, if he just adds a shot this year, like at a certain point, you kind of have to just get sick of hoping, <laughs> you know, and just praying that he's going to make some kind of leap because he just hasn't. He's made a leap defensively. He's a great defensive player. There's no doubt about it. But if you're asking me to decide between Ben Simmons and James Harden, that's an easy sell. And I, I said that weeks ago. And obviously, if it means getting rid of Tyrese Maximith and Fiebel, that sucks too. But I think you do that to get James Harden. I really think you do. The draft picks, depending on what they are, I think you pull the plug, man. I really, like, we've gone way deeper with way worse rosters. I don't know why James Harden isn't the... And this is more speaking to the fans, not necessarily, like, I trust Daryl Morey. I yeah. trust his process. But I've seen fans, like, saying, like, like slating James Harden, saying that he's out of shape and he sucks and all this. Like... We went all in on, like, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and Al Horford. All guys, like, tiers. And I mean tiers below James Harden. Why, like, <laughs> it, it's very clear that our organization sees Embiid as 
a guy that isn't going to have like a very long extended prime. And big men typically don't. If you have the chance right now, especially with the way Embiid is playing this season, to get an, another MVP candidate next to him, why the hell wouldn't you do it? Like, I, you know, even if it means the future isn't as bright as we'd want it to be, it's not like our future is bright to begin with. Yeah. We're in cap hell. We don't have a ton of flexibility. The only way we're going to be able to get new talent is by a trade. Like, and again, now your second best option is Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, which again, are tiers below James Harden. So that's, that's my take on it is that I wish we had done it. I really do. Um, I get that there's, you can have your concerns about it, but I, I think people like pining for Ben Simmons and what he does, I think are really like wrapped up in a different mindset of planning for the future. We're not planning for the future anymore. This team isn't like building towards something like this team needs to win now and win mm -hmm. in the next two or three years. Like Ben very clearly is not improving and it's, it's time to move on from that, especially when you could have gotten James Harden. Yes, yeah, so the full terms of the James Harden deal, the Rockets <laughs> end up getting Victor Oladipo, which kind of like the deal looked like it was finished, and then boom, another you know facet of it came out. Victor Oladipo goes from the Pacers to the Rockets. Uh, Dante Exum, Rodion's Kurutz, uh, three Brooklyn first-rounders in 2022, 2024, and 2026. One Milwaukee first rounder, 2022, unprotected. And then four Brooklyn first round pick swaps, which they are very familiar with, uh, in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Nets get James Harden. The Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second round pick. The Cavs get Jared Allen, who is way younger than I thought he was. He's 22. Yeah. I was yeah. when I saw that he was twenty two, I was he's one of the, he seems like he's been in the league for like right. eight years. He's one of the only like uh picks that they had. He is <laughs> I think he's the only first round pick they have made since twenty fourteen. Right. Uh and the Cavs also get Torian Prince. Somebody let Chris Weber know uh that that is not Damari Carroll. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's interesting though, because again, you're you're reading off a lot of Karis LeVert and Jared Allen are two very good, like, complementary pieces to have on your team. And one of those guys is someone that you could look towards the future in a similar way that we look at Tyrese Maxey, right? And mm -hmm. say, listen, like, you know, three, I'm four I'm a big Karis LeVert fan. Right. You know, Karis LeVert's older, though, too. Yeah. Like, everyone seems to forget that. Like, they talk about Karis LeVert like he's Jared Allen's age. Right. And it's like, well, no, he's, like, in his prime now. Uh, so, I, I just think, for me, it's worth it for the Nets to do it. When you can add James Harden to your team... You, you pull the trigger, and the NBA is all about getting, like, just top elite talent and figuring it out later because you you can't, like, you can't hinge and ask yourself a question and be late to this kind of party and, and, and miss out on getting this kind of talent because the Nets, as they were currently in construction, could certainly still be championship contenders. If everyone's healthy, if everyone's playing, all the, all, all the normal qualifiers, this, that team could very well win a championship. There's no there's no doubt about that. But you add Harden to that mix, and you're not just talking about winning a championship. You're talking about being you know, the best team in the league. You're talking about who do you even – how do you guard this team in the playoffs? There's a lot of questions about that, You know how you, how you stop these players. Obviously, you have to hope that the fit is right. You have to hope that everyone meshes well, which you know doesn't seem to be that much of a problem in today's NBA. These guys seem to – just naturally get together and we've heard so many made up stories about Simmons and Embiid yet you know they play fine um 
So for me, you know, it's, it's, it's a big risk, but I think, again, it's the same way I looked at it for the Sixers. It's a risk, but I think you take that risk when you, again, I feel like everyone is it's constantly discounting what Harden does. Like I've seen so many people talk about well, he's out of shape and he's over the hill and he's 31. Like LeBron James is like still one of the, and not that James Harden is LeBron James, but just because you're 31 now doesn't mean your career is over or you're automatically going to like start declining. Like obviously you can expect that in the next three, four years, Kevin Durant, James Harden won't be at this level, right? But they're still going to be great players. And I just, I think you, you take the risk on them and, um, it's a huge haul for the Rockets, though, and I mean, it makes a ton of sense for them going forward to just trying because they've they've given up so much capital uh, in, in an attempt to win championships in the last few years. They need to start regaining and rebuilding. Um, but yeah, it's it's big, and now you get Oladipo as well, which is super interesting because he's expiring this year. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to again make another trade, either you know right away or um you know that might be like a, a deadline move that you could be looking at i'm sure we'll hear about oladipo to the sixers galaxy uh, very, brain <laughs> yeah very soon um but yeah I, I think i think it's a it's an interesting move for the rockets in that regard and that they're, they're getting a lot of what they hope is good capital going forward i'm interested that you know the the, the pick swaps are so far out because it's good for the rockets in a sense that and by the way, all four first-round picks and the uh, pick swaps, all four of them, uh, to the Rockets are all unprotected. Yeah. Um, because is, it's hard to send – we said this about the yeah. Bucks, where it's like it's hard to send out picks like that so far in the field where anything could happen. Because we assume by that time, you know, with the, say, 2020, even 2023, we could see high school players coming straight out of high school to the NBA – and when you get to the 25, 26, 27 years, Harden and KD are going to be well into their late 30s. And if they're still on the team, they're going to be on those, you know, cap crippling kind of, you know, back end of their deals that they might, the Nets might not be that great anymore. Right. You know, anything could happen. We've seen KD with the injuries he's had. Who knows what he's like at age 38, 39. That could end up being where the Rockets are like, yeah, you know, those later year picks are where, you know, we could potentially be great. And then, boom, we swap with the Nets in 2027 20, and we're, you know, in the lottery. I, I could be totally wrong on this. I feel like I remember hearing Durant say that he's like not one of the guys that wants to be playing like till he's broken mm -hmm. down. Like he's someone that would like be more comfortable. Like if he retired at like 34, 35, right. wouldn't it be like that's. That's to me the issue. Our when, Philadelphia Union owner. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, wishing him lots of success. I hope he sees out his contract, gets all that money, and puts it back in the union. But I think it's 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 interesting when you're talking. Just think of all that has changed in the NBA in the last seven years. Yep. Like the, <laughs> that's an incredible amount of time. Think of all the players that have retired. Think of all the dynasties. That's 2013 top teams are, are the Miami Even just Heat. look at the the James timeline Harden. of Dwight Howard. Right. Like that just, gives you a sense of the NBA. Like it's just that's such a long time in anything, but it's a, such a long time in this league where every year all-stars are demanding trades, MVPs are demanding trades and moving to different teams, mm -hmm. which I think you could have a whole discussion about too with this. And it's just hard it, it's hard to give up that kind. But again, I think you do it for James Harden, but yeah, it, it it's a it's a huge huge risk for Brooklyn and you put up a good point too, as well. That like, 
you're, you're spending a lot of cap on three guys. And if there's one thing Sixers fans can tell you is that it really makes your future ability to, to make moves a lot more difficult, especially when you're getting rid of all these firsts. Obviously, they can make other moves, and they still have like somewhat of a uh, you know of a team to build. But you know, you're you're looking at like guys left now. You're depending on like Jeff Green. Yeah, I saw like, like SportsCenter tweeted out their Luau potential Ca- starting Cabrero, five. Like SportsCenter tweeted out their potential starting five. I had Jeff Green at the five. Like that's <laughs> I, we can't ignore. That's like PJ Tucker at the five. Yeah, like as amazing as the three-headed monster is. Because let's not forget, Spencer Dinwiddie's out. Yeah, if you were the Embiid team in the East, you look at the Nets and think, well, there's like no one that can stop Embiid from scoring. And that's true of a lot of teams in the East. But they're really, like we've seen Embiid really handle Brooklyn in years past. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be that's gonna be an advantage to us still. And even, you know, you look at a team like the Bucks, right? Like, that's still a team that, that like, they can match up well with them. So it's not, again, this isn't in my mind. I could be wrong, of course, but this isn't a team that's going to, like, go just, like, sprint through the East now. Yeah. There's, and anytime you see these kind of super teams form, there's always, like, a weird period where, like, a month and a half it takes to kind of get – and you've already seen that in the beginning of this season. It hasn't helped that Durant and Kyrie have been um, – not that they get blamed for this, but, you know, have been, like, load managing and, and taking some nights off and things like that um, and, and, you know, doing what they see fit. So you've already had, like, a slow start to the season – I mean, right now, not that I expect this to stay this way, but they're the seventh seed in the East. I mean, there's only like a game and a half separating, you know, essentially. With like, a first-year head coach. Right. You know, there's there's lots to work out with this team. And when you make a move like this, there's now tons of pressure on you to perform. And, you know, we'll see if they rise that task. But I'm salty because the Sixers didn't get James Harden. <laughs> I, and I would have loved to see him on this team. The, the argument of there's pressure on you to perform – also kicks back to the Sixers now because Daryl Morey just told Ben Simmons pretty much that, like, I believe in you, at least for now. Like, go out and prove why I didn't trade you to go get a guy that I know better probably than anybody else in the league. This is now, I think, the most pressure Ben Simmons has ever felt in his career because he he now has the vote of confidence from the front office. There was a tweet that came out. I forget who it was from saying that Ben Simmons uh, has felt, you know, he feels relieved that he wasn't traded. He's happy he wasn't traded. Um, Well, now is the time to go out and prove. That game the other night against the Heat was painful to watch. Like, arguably could make the distinction that that was his worst game of his career. He's he's not even playing in, in crunch time. You know, like he's, he fouled he's, out with five points. Like he's he's off the court. Like my only response to that would be though is that this team has shown a lot of faith in him. They they signed that's fair. They, they, you know they they re-signed him to a max deal pretty early on. <laughs> I mean, and that was with the hope that he was going to be improving every year, and he hasn't. And you know we've heard now obviously things are different with a lot of the management in this team and the coaching, but we've heard rumblings over the years that the team actually likes Ben Simmons more than Embiid and trusts Ben more than Embiid, like which I I don't agree with, but you know those we can't ignore that the this organization has been and the fan base as well has been super patient mm-hmm. with Ben Simmons, and we haven't been rewarded for anything, you know and you know what I, I always found weird too is everyone. Again, there's so much James Harden's land. I just 
don't quite understand it. One of the things people always said about James Harden is he couldn't get it done, you know, or that he he was he choked all the time. James Harden has been farther in the playoffs than either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid have been in their career. And we would take great offense if someone called him Joel like Embiid said that he was a choker or that he hasn't done anything. We like, well, he's we did all summer when people were right. saying Bam Adebayo was exactly. better than Joel Embiid. So like you don't, I know that like people are gonna say what they say and like right. everyone's hypocritical at times. But you know like, do you not see like how stupid that argument is when this team hasn't been remotely successful? They haven't made the conference finals, and frankly. Their last two playoff exits have been embarrassing. Two out of the three have been terrible, like lifeless. Like the bubble, that team might as well just not even have showed up. Like it was awful. And obviously it's different now, and and we hope that things have improved. But I don't know. I I just think again, if if you have the chance to get James Harden, I, I think you you just have to go for it because now again, you're what is your second choice now? You're taking a clear downgrade, and you're still probably gonna have to give up quite a bit. You're not getting Bradley Beal for free. Zach Levine is like a, another tear down from Bradley Beal, who's tears down from James Harden. I think that's that's the issue for me is there's not a, a clear pivot here. I guess you just put your hands in your pocket and wait for the next All Star to get upset and just hope it isn't one of your own, <laughs> and and that's it. But because it's like this is now what two straight times that the Flyers have kind of felt in the mix for some. You know, it was Kawhi Leonard a couple years right. ago. They passed on Kawhi when the connection was there with Brett Brown. Uh, as Michael Roffle just scored to give the Flyers a 4-3 lead. And we'll get into the Flyers in just a little bit. But, you know, and now you pass on James Harden. And don't, like Matt said, don't get it, don't get us wrong. Like, we trust what Daryl Morey is going to do. Like, it, it's not like a flip of a switch. Because he didn't get James Harden, we automatically just don't trust what he's doing. If there's anybody in the NBA that knows James Harden as well as James Harden does, it's Daryl Morey. So, it's one of those things where, you know, I saw a lot of tweets, too, where it, it sounded like James Harden kind of just wanted to be reunited with Kevin Durant. So that could have played a swing factor as well. Who knows? But like you said, now now you kind of have to pivot because the, the way this team is, you know, comprised and the guys on this roster, you're not going to win a championship because we've seen what happens when Embiid's not in the lineup. And granted, that game against Miami, Embiid looked Arguably the best he ever has. It it's was a phenomenal performance. I mean, a lot of that him. Lakers game a few years ago where it was just yeah. complete domination. Game three against the Raptors right. in the playoffs. It was like one of those like, this is my team. This is my game. I'm going to take it over. Uh, and it was kind of just you know that that floating around and being. Can you ever flipping up the middle finger? Ever name a Ben Simmons? I'm not trying to make this into the the crap on Ben. Simmons The only show, time I could like, say what is the, when's the only Ben Simmons performance I can ever remember. Not to cut you off, but the only one I ever remember was in 1718 when Embiid was out injured. Yeah, for like the last against the Cavs. Ten, that Cavs game, which I was at, <laughs> which wasn't even like a, oh my god, what a game. Right. It was like. 29 and the biggest part of that like. was you were on what the 16 game winning right. streak and it gave you a higher seed than that's that's just what i don't i try and understand people's ideas a lot <laughs> that's what i spend <laughs> half of my time doing is trying to understand people's perspectives i just don't get people's perspectives on ben simmons anymore i just don't yeah the, the, the book is there on the guy i'm sorry I tr I've tried to believe in him i love him and i'm still gonna root for him because he's on my team mm -hmm. i'm not gonna like totally sit here and like being super negative, but like at the same time, it comes to a point. When is anything going to change? And right, right now, it certainly doesn't seem like 
anything is going this, to change this with team Ben Simmons. Still feels like it has a ceiling on it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is related to Ben Simmons. And I think again, you can't. I keep driving home, but you had the chance to upgrade to James Harden. Would it have come at a great cost? Sure, but you don't get superstars for nothing. And let's not forget too. Everyone crapped on the Kawhi Leonard trade, right? And said, wow, it's crazy for Toronto. They won a championship. Anthony Davis lauded as a huge steal. That was the other one I forgot. The, the Pelicans, oh my God, they fleeced them. They win a championship. Who gives a shit? If you win a championship, like, yep. it all, all goes, goes away. away. And then the Nets could very well do the same thing this year. We'll all be sitting here and saying, Matt, you were so stupid for saying that because Jared Allen gone, this team is weaker and whatever because they had three of the best players in the league. And of course, that, that works. You know, like at the end of the day, Okay, we've seen time and time again in this league, talent is what matters. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant joins an already disgusting all-star-ridden team, and they, they blow everyone out of the water. It's not even a competition. You know, like if you have the chance to add elite talent, you would do it. And when it happens, you're going you're gonna to go far. You're at least going to be a contender, which the Sixers haven't been. They've been pretending a lot. I just I, I think it's it's frustrating because you want him to take that leap and now that door is closed. Now the pivot comes and we'll get into the heat game as well. Um you know, do you end up making a deal, you know, later on this season for a Bradley Beal, for Zach Levine, for even a Kyle Lowry, you know, who would probably be even cheaper than those guys cuz he is on an expiring, I believe. Um you know, is it worth it to go and get either one of those guys? Yeah, I think obviously it would depend on the costs and you know what what our situation is looking like, of course, at that point. But I think it, I think it's not even is it worth it? Is it on a scale of one to ten? How necessary is it? And I think it's at a ten because we've seen again we've seen this show with the Sixers before where. When, you know, maybe you have a good regular season like we continue to do because despite the the road bumps of the last like you know five or six days, this team still look pretty good. Once they get to the playoffs, though, it's so hard for this team to create offense. And now it's a little different, obviously, because you've added I think better fits around mm-hmm. Ben and Joel. But ultimately, I, it just feels like in the back of your mind, like this is all not going to work once you get to the like the elite teams in the playoffs. You know, like you, at a certain point, you get found out. Tennessee Titans. Yes. Great in the regular season, a lot of fun. They get found out. Just like teams that have weaknesses, teams that can be exploited, get exploited by Pittsburgh teams. Steelers. Yes. As like good you, as they were. At a certain point you get found out. And those teams all have different reasons, right? But the Sixers have a glaring weakness <laughs> is that their primary ball handler can't create his own shot. He refuses to. Let's call it what it is. He refuses to. It's not even like he's just not very good at it. He's inefficient. We don't even know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what Ben Simmons' actual ability to shoot the three is. We don't know what his mid-range looks like. Which straight up do not know. And this man is getting paid max money. <laughs> it's the, not- the thing that drove me nuts in the Heat game was he had that clear lane to just drive and score and literally stopped at the free throw line to kick it out again and just reset the play. We've seen that a play. few times this season, too. And we've seen it throughout his career. Right. This season has been more frustrating because I think he has better options. Mm-hmm. So he probably feels almost more encouraged to do that in a way as like a, as a playmaker. But, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. So I think back to the original question is adding someone like Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Kyle Lowry necessary. I think it is. I, I think you need mm-hmm. to be exploring those options. 
Um, obviously, they wouldn't come at the cost that it would have been for James Harden, but you're still giving up. You know, Lord knows what you're going to have to give up to, to get Bradley Beal, right? Who would be my first option because I think he's the best of the bunch. Um, but then, you know, I, I just, I think, I think it's frustrating because I really do feel like you missed, you missed out on a window here. Because even if you get rid of, as much as it would have sucked to, especially see like Tyrese Maxey go, and I, I like Matisse, I still think as a rotation player, you could do so much worse on a rookie scale deal. Um, and, and Ben Simmons and, you know, let's say four picks. Let's say it's four picks you give up. I wouldn't complain because I'd have James Harden on my team. And also, this team would still be very good. Our starting five would still be unchanged, except for the fact that now you're plugging in, I don't know, James Harden for Ben Simmons. Like, you figure out the rest later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what's frustrating. I don't know. I think I think you're going to you're gonna have to see that in this season. You're going to hear a lot more rumors now about, mm -hmm. you know, what happens. And listen, NBA is, like, super fluid with everything. You know, the situations change very quickly. And, you know, who knows who the next all-star is that wants to have a, a change of scenery or the kind of like older veteran who'd like to at least have a chance at winning a ring that could add to this team. Um, so we'll see what the, what the Sixers end up doing. But, you know, this is this is clearly Daryl Morey saying he's going all in. And you have to trust him. I'm going to give him my full trust because I think he deserves it. Um, I have to trust that he made what he felt was the right decision. And, you know, we'll, we'll move from there. But I... Uh, I would have been, I would have paid for Ben Simmons Uber. <laughs> it truly felt like it was going to happen. It really, yeah. Leading it, up to, it felt almost inevitable. The the Woj tweet, and it feels a lot announcing like that the, it wasn't. Uh, feels a lot like the um, LeBron, yeah, you know, hype that we got, where we had a meeting with him, and then four hours later, he's a Laker. It's like oh, it's, that's cool. <laughs> What's the point? Uh, let's go to the Heat game. Uh, what a roller coaster ride. Both of these teams undermanned again. Thanks, Adam Silver, you snake. Um, more games canceled tonight because I don't know if you've noticed the trend, and I think a lot of people on Twitter have debunked it. Somebody on the Wizards has COVID. Right. And we're not full-blown <laughs> confirming that, right, right. but deductive reasoning so leads happens. you to believe somebody on the Wizards has Is it, it that, or is it just there's a huge pandemic <laughs> raging that through America? That, too. And, um, every, like, it just yeah. adds up that every single team that plays against the Wizards, about DC, a day or man. two later... Something about DC's <laughs> tainting lots of people lately. <laughs> um, so the Sixers, Heat, they play undermanned on... What was that, night. yesterday? Yeah, last uh, night. So it Tuesday... Time is, a, Time is a flat a circle. True construct at this point. <laughs> uh, and I mean, silver line. And Allah said this on the on the broadcast too. I think the silver lining of all of the you know guys being out. Unfortunately, you never want to see that, but you do get a better look at some of the guys that you typically wouldn't be seeing. You know, at this point of the season, um, like Isaiah Joe, who. Certainly has that shot. At yeah. least early on in games, he hasn't. He said he's a not foul. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he needs to work on that. But yeah, put a little muscle on, right, right. and uh, you know the the eventual shot heard around the internet. Dakota Mathias, who everybody went to high school with, um, just a my like as fun as that game was, and how wildly back and forth it was. The fact that, you know, you had Joel Embiid, you had Ben Simmons, you had 
guys that you didn't have previously, and it still took overtime to beat a a Heat team that only had eight players. They didn't have many of their you know super. Jimmy Butler was out. Bam Adebayo was out. The Sixers should have been able to take care of business much better than they did. But for them to come away with a win like that, this is very similar to the Toronto game where in seasons past, I don't think they win this game. Yeah, it's it's another one of those games, you're right, where I, I don't know if last year this team wins this game. In fact, they probably get blown out. You know, they, they probably don't make the comeback that they did. And we saw that too often last year. Um, yeah, we, we talked last week about how we'd be coming in next week and have a clearer sense of how good the Sixers are. And that was a lie because we don't <laughs> because uh, half the team couldn't play the games over the last you know five or six days because of, of COVID protocols. Um, also, there's that really weird, like almost hit piece on Ben Simmons about how he left New York. Um, I and saw broke, that and broke protocol when it was actually just like a mistake in a mix up where he and he a lot of know. other people thought that they could, uh, just go home and quarantine there that they actually had to stay and he was just further was along in the, article, in the process of that yeah but people were like using that as like some way yeah. to like, beat down which i thought was super weird because it's like all right listen like you can critique ben the player but let's like stop it like I'm pretty sure calling he has him a, a super spreader like yeah. let's just relax um of all people too like ben simmons right as far as we know like is sitting in his room playing you know God. call of duty yeah. for face clan we don't have much, any clear of a sense of how good this team really is. And obviously last night too, you know, you're definitely right. We had the better of the players in the matchup and it was still, it shouldn't have been as close as it was. You're still missing Seth Curry. This is still a team in the kind of the weird nebulous part of the season. And you're also asking a bunch of, you know, rookies to like step up in a huge way. Like some of these guys playing their first meaningful NBA minutes. Now again, a lot of the Heat team was depleted as well. So, you know, it's it's not like they're they're out there actually facing Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. But still, it's not like the Nuggets game. Right. You know, there's there's still yeah, – exactly, which was just a total what farce. What a joke. I mean, just <laughs> unbelievable stuff. And we get fined somehow. I don't <laughs> – I don't understand it. But, you know, it's not a, a win that you take, like, a lot from and say, wow, that's spirited. That's amazing. You know, you just – you take the positive record and, mm-hmm. and the fact that you, you – bump your skid a little bit now and move forward um you hope that tomorrow you know i don't think seth curry can return tomorrow because i think he had a, a positive test correct and that's gonna yeah be, pretty sure it was if i'm not mistaken it was positive asymptomatic yeah so obviously we hope it stays seth that way is great and right and he's he's gonna be able to return soon and, and be fine because i mean I can't forget too that we've seen this unfortunately we have experience with athletes returning with COVID. We've seen a, a lot of NFL players come back and say, like, uh, physically they didn't feel what the Flyers just scored two goals in, like, 40 seconds. Yeah, um, balling as Gritty dances in his uh, <laughs> his lounge spot with Kevin Hayes cutout. Missed that. Uh, but, yeah, Shake Milton, Tobias, and Matisse Thibel, uh, according to Derek Bodner, have all been upgraded to probable for Thursday's game against the Heat. Vincent Poirier and Seth Curry remain out, uh, and Furkan... Uh, Korkmaz with his abductor strain is also out. Right, which, you know, again, you know, you can't discount like what missing, especially like Tobias and Seth has been for this team. You know, those are two starters out for you, which is suck. So obviously, you, you can expect to have them um, at least Seth back uh, for probably another week. And yeah, you just hope that with the same with every NBA player that you know, we saw a lot of NFL players come back and say that 
physically like they weren't at their best we've seen this like soccer players talk about as well like they don't have the same conditioning like mental fog things like that like there's some, some heart conditions that we've yeah, seen in right. the nfl the lacrosse world friend of the network jules henningberg had to deal with that this summer right so you, you obviously hope that everyone comes back and doesn't have those like lingering side mm-hmm. effects ranging from it just affects me on kind of a mental level where i'm not as sharp or as you know a, a potentially life-threatening level if, if left unchecked so it sucks and, you know like it, you're seeing it all throughout the nba with games being postponed and um they're having these like league meetings about cracking down on protocol and very baseball-esque with all of the stuff that yeah it feels like baseball got a lot more heat for it and the nba got i think it's because the nba got so much praise in the bubble for how things went how they you know locked down on all their protocols and then it seems like as soon as they were like oh we're gonna have them travel to each you know respective arena it was like the nba forgot what they did and now they're cracking like some of the stuff that's coming out that they were allowing i'm just like why was this allowed this wasn't allowed in the bubble why would you not continue to roll with A much more controlled environment where you have... To have guests in a road hotel room, like, seems insane. what are we doing? Especially when you talk about traveling. <laughs> right. During during the time that we're in. Um, you know, you hope, not even just for sports sake, but just for the world's sake, that things improve. But, you know, we know with the COVID situation in America, it's only getting worse every day. You know, every day is like a new hellscape. Not to make this negative, because I know... No one really likes to think about this stuff, especially when right. trying to think about sports. But it's just it's the truth. part of this what is, we have to cover. We, sports, the sports are all based, especially this season, in America. Because Canada was like, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we will not be taking vectors <laughs> <laughs> from a disease-ridden country uh, every week. Raptors go play in Tampa. Yes. You have sent them to Florida. Exactly. Um, the perfect place. You know, that's just the reality of it. Is that, like, there are people, too. Dame Lillard had, like, a really interesting quote where he talked about what quarantine has been like for him. And that it, it sucks, and I agree with him because you know it's just it's the same thing. It's just and it's the same for a lot of us. Where it's the same thing every day, the same routines. You're living like through a screen. Like anyone you talk to is on a Zoom call or mm-hmm. FaceTime, or you're just texting and you're just stuck at home. You know they're going through the same things we are, and they're also making the same bad decisions that some of us are too, where they're still going out and partying, right? And you know that obviously has to, to be cut down because ultimately, for the league to continue they're going to have to stay healthy and they're right. going to have to not have a, a potential shutdown. When you're postponing games every night, you have to start wondering where, where do we start really getting worried about the rest of the season and a potential break? And you also have to, I, I don't want to get too on this, but like you have to start wondering about like the competitive integrity when you're asking teams to play like eight man squads and, like how is that, how is that Denver Nuggets game fair? It's on, not. Like, it's not, and it's not fair to the Sixers. It's not fair in a way to the Nuggets, and it's not fair to anyone contending with the Nuggets in a very tight West that they they get a free win. Like I, that's just going to bother me a lot. Obviously, it's not as impactful as you know other sports because you have so many games and you'll have chances probably. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sixers will play a, a like last night, right? Like a team that's it's kind of had its own issues, and I'm sure they'll play another team that has had you know potential like COVID uh, outs play the heat again tomorrow but it's just i don't know it starts to to raise a lot of questions yeah for sure um and i mean now we just kind of push forward see what happens with the sixers if they make any moves in the coming weeks um we'll we'll keep it locked down and, and see what happens with that 
Uh, but the Flyers puck dropped tonight, and uh, they are currently kicking those flightless birds right in the beak. It's 6-3 Flyers with just over four minutes to go, I believe, left in regulation. Um, Nolan Patrick scores a goal. Oscar Lindblom gets a point. And it just makes you, like, say, wow, good things can happen. Right, yeah. yeah. Good things happen in Philadelphia, apparently. <laughs> um, How'd that one work, huh? <laughs> Got <boom>. you back. <laughs> uh, this Flyers team, though, like, they seem like not a lot of change from last year. Uh, or I should say from the bubble. You know, uh, Niskanen retires. They replace him with Gustafson, who gets a point tonight as well. Uh they seem to just kind of be on like the whole run it back mindset and you know we have unfinished business and that's what it even seemed like in their scrimmage the other night against each other like they were just kind of going at it and I again you know we had optimistic October last season I think that's kind of transpired into feeling very good about this Flyers team yeah we can't forget how excited we were like the second half of last season and then obviously everything happens with COVID everything gets shut down but even going into like the bubble experience last year we were pumped for what this Flyers team could do and we saw some flashes of that you know they, they got a little bogged down in the playoffs lost their way a little bit and I think some of that was just some youth and ex- inexperience some guys that had been flying you know and playing very well in, in the regular season just weren't quite getting that level in the playoffs but yeah I think this is a team that you can trust to improve this year right I mean I really think that there's exciting young talent on this team. And, you know, again, it's the same story as last year where there's those young guys that you expect to improve and those veterans that you expect to carry some of that water again and, and be good. And I think there's a lot to be happy about. Obviously, you open up, they hold on to this win, which you expect they do against the Penguins. You can't can't open a season much better than that. But Absolutely. You can't forget that this team was steamrolling lots Going of into the bubble and right. partially in the bubble as well. Yeah, and those play-in games, like, they looked fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have to hope that we see more of that and, and see kind of a, a step forward for the Flyers. And uh, noted Pittsburgh Penguins fan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Pat McAfee, uh, tweeted a couple hours ago, one nothing. how you doing at Gritty? Uh, keep it moving, his signature kind of tagline. And Gritty quote tweeted it not too long ago. Uh, stick to punting. <laughs> Should. Uh, so gritty, the king of the clapback, getting back at uh, the king of the internet, Pat McAfee. But yeah, I mean, to to be up right now with just over three minutes left in the in regulation against the Penguins, you know, a rival where I'm kind of very excited about how the NHL divisions are this year, uh, where it is very super regional. It is a lot of rivalry, like almost every night's a rivalry right. game for the most part. And sure, the Bruins weren't in our Metropolitan Division, but you can flat out say Flyers-Bruins yeah, is a <laughs> hardcore rivalry. It's uh, weird so many Boston teams aren't in the same yeah. like conference. I don't know why. Just based off of geographics alone, they're a rivalry, yeah. I'd say. And then just the way they... get much more East yeah, than Boston. <laughs> just the way they play each other. You know, there, there are some iconic Flyers-Bruins games right. series, so to have them in the fold, uh, which I saw a lot of Bruins and Montreal Canadiens fans were, like, very upset that they weren't in the same division with each other. Get over yourselves. Like, relax. Flyers-Bruins is going to be much better because it's two very good teams, and I, I like the way that, like, 
it it's potentially going to bring in more fans for the NHL this year where every night I saw it on commercial like every night is rivalry night like yeah. you're going to have games that mean more you're going to you know you're going to get up for these games because it is against teams that these guys hate you know you want to go and and kick these teams down and win your division I think it's going to make for some exciting hockey in a condensed season of 56 games um and the NHL you know giving away naming rights to the division is always great too um (laughs) you got to recoup some of that money somehow got to get it somewhere um but I mean what a performance for the Flyers as uh it seems like they're going to come away with a a big win here at least right now up 6-3 and uh that's that's kind of how you set the momentum for your season. A, a big time win over your biggest rival, lock it in and and make a statement for yourself. Yeah, it's it's what we all needed today. It's <laughs> it's that cup of tea before bed that just puts you in the right headspace to actually fall asleep and not uh not start really thinking about what could have been with the 76ers. Uh what a time. And of course, uh if you missed Monday's podcast, it wasn't live, but it is in your podcast feeds. Doug Peterson, no longer the head coach of the Eagles. They uh, flew. He's gonna look great in uh, in L.A. Coaching <laughs> Justin Herbert, he's gonna have a lot of fun. Is that where you think he ends up? Hundred percent. That would it's be. Ga- nice. It's almost written in the stars because you know why? I just I honestly just saw that. So Andy Reid right leaves mm-hmm. the Eagles, goes to the Chiefs, where they get Patrick Mahomes. Boom, amazing. Doug Peterson, who we could not stop hearing about how he's in the Andy Reid tree and all this. He's gonna go west. He's gonna go look, link up with Justin Herbert. They're gonna be amazing. And you're gonna see him recapture that. It's it's almost it's right there. <laughs> it's, so I don't know if you saw the stories today. One, Robert Salah, the 49ers defensive coordinator, he interviewed with the Jets, and after he had his second interview today with the Jets, uh, immediately flew to meet with the Eagles front office down in Florida. So the Eagles are interviewing Robert Salah, which is interesting. Um, he's a big time head coaching candidate for a lot of these teams, and then uh, also. Story came out, it was either the Inquirer or Philly Voice from Paul Domowich. Um Forget where he writes. My apologies, Domo. But according to Troy Aikman, take it for what you will, which I do put some stock in because, you know, being... That's not his realm, you know. Being he, a, you know, an analyst and everything, these guys have to build relationships with the teams they're covering. These guys and, sit and interview, like, the best players every week for their job. Yeah. Like, you know. According to Troy Aikman, uh, Doug Peterson was ready to move forward with uh, Jalen Hurts as the Eagles quarterback, and Jeffrey Lurie was not. It just adds another layer and wrinkle to this team being in complete and utter dysfunction as the Flyers win 6-3 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um this this Eagles team is in complete disarray. They are handcuffing themselves by the way that they're operating. And the fact that Howie Roseman's weasel self is still here, going to be making decisions uh, for a third coaching regime, fourth if you want to count you know, everything he was part of with Andy Reid, is just disgusting. I I can't overstate it enough. Like until Howie Roseman's gone, I don't see how the Eagles continue to find success. Yeah, it it feels like you're the blame is in the wrong places. I mean, if you even if you just look beyond the record this year, if you look at just 
some of the big draft whiffs over the last few years and how detrimental they've been to this team that's that's fireable in of itself um yeah i don't know how you don't just completely clean house after a year like this i really don't i know that it'd probably be hard to get you know with the cap situation with what it is with just kind of the way you look at this team maybe hard to convince like a a guy you really believe in to come here but man it just it feels like um it, it doesn't feel like you're really making any kind of change at all and it doesn't matter Again, I, I would not be shocked to see Doug Peterson go somewhere and be super successful. I refuse to believe that all the success that the Eagles had, especially in the Super Bowl year, was just because of, of Reich. I like I refuse to believe that. I know that we've seen like in the past, like your coordinators and you know, when they leave and go get different jobs or, or whatever, like yeah, teams may look a little different, maybe not have the success that they normally had, but I, I just I can't. I, I truly can't wrap my head around that being the, the thing that was holding this team together was Frank Reich. I just I can't buy that. I just can't. I, I I don't. Yeah. It to have one singular and I don't know if you saw the story as well where the front office was ready to fire Frank Reich after 2016 and it, it's just like the the quick trigger that this front office has ever since Andy left just blows my mind and you know there's the reports about Lincoln Riley potentially being uh the head coach as I just get the notification from NBC Sports Philadelphia Doug Peterson considering taking a break from coaching next season would not blame him for the hell he went through this year alone if there's a year to take a gap year in all <laughs> facets of life if you don't take ability, that sabbatical uh yeah this is definitely the year for it um I just the the dysfunction that is brewing in this front all, and it's almost like you know no matter what, Howie Roseman's like this little earworm in Jeffrey Lurie's ear that if Jeffrey even wants to think about making a decision, it's not going to come to fruition because Howie Roseman's going to do whatever he wants to to make sure he gets his way, and those two together I think is just such a toxic one two punch in a front office that they they truly need to look themselves in the mirror and realize that like that marriage has to end. And Jeffrey Lurie, you know, if he wants to continue finding success as an NFL owner, he, he wanted to preach about that in his press conference saying, you know, five of the, the 25 years I've been here, we've been in an N NFC championship game. Uh, Monday was one of Jeffrey Lurie's, if not the worst press conference I've ever seen him put on display. There are some people that just shouldn't be, in front of microphones, it, and it almost fueling questions. It almost made a John Middleton press conference seem like competent and put together. That's how bad it was. Um, you know, he the the things that got me in that, and I talked about it on Monday's show with Harrison too. For Jeffrey Lurie to say Doug Peterson being fired was based off of the success of the Philadelphia Eagles for the next three to five years, rather than a guy deserving to be fired because he said did Doug Peterson deserve to be fired no then why did you fire him right you know right. why even say did he deserve to be like why even come out and say that and then the other thing that got me that I'm sure you'll get a kick out of is he said the salary cap is a one-year phenomenon in the NFL <laughs> as the Eagles are sitting in the worst cap hell they've been in in quite some time like a, a year is in how long a year can feel sometimes like this past year felt very like 
What do you mean a one-year phenomenon? Like, it's not like we have a bunch of expiring contracts and, like, this team is all of a sudden going to be out of the woods. That's a bizarre comment to me. Yeah. So that struck a chord with me, like, what are we doing here? Like, it's it's almost like they're just, you know, they, they just show up on Sunday and nothing else truly matters. Eagles are in a load of trouble. And, I mean, the coaching search, he said – we're not going to be quick about it. We're going to take our time. It's always good to wait till the best candidates yeah, get taken. Especially when there's teams that are looking to full blown rebuild, like the Detroit Lions, the Jets, the yeah. the Chargers, who have a ready made team in place. The, the Falcons are probably looking. Falcons for an who have coach right there. Just had the, who have an actual like good front office. Right. Uh, not great, you know. And there's there's candidates galore that are going to be gobbled up. Whether it's Eric Bieniemy, Robert Salah, uh, Brian Dable from the Bills. You know, a number of coaches with limited spots. So for him to say, you know, it, it could be next week or it could be mid-February when we have a coach. Great stuff, Jeffrey. Finger on the pulse. I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't. It is truly fascinating, but Flyers win. That's all that matters Right. in a day that we had today. On the anniversary of the Eagles beating the Falcons uh, in twenty. 20- in the 2017-2018 playoffs, where a ball bounced off of uh, Keanu Neal's knee into Torrey Smith's hands, and Jalen Mills finger-wagged and, and prevented Julio Jones from catching a ball in the end zone, and the underdog masks made their debut. That was quite that was quite the run, wasn't it? Man, better times. Simpler times. Simpler, simpler times. Si- definitely simpler. <laughs> Life was a lot simpler, even then. Uh, what <laughs> definitely a... better times, too. We'll have them back one day. I believe one that. day. We'll have them back. Will it be today? Absolutely nah, nope. not. Not next year, though. <laughs> you can write that down yeah, in book permanent that. double ink. Whatever the you can brand that into the side of your house. <laughs> Whatever the under is for Eagles wins in twenty twenty one. It ain't low enough. Hammer the under. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at underground phi. We've got content going out on both of those daily. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. And uh, make sure you guys check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Harrison has his latest blog up, five things you need to know going into this flyer season. And uh, quite a few of them came true tonight. So make sure you check that out, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Uh, also, before we sign up, don't know if you caught any of it. Thoughts on the Nickelodeon broadcast? I didn't. I don't have Nick on my eyes. Uh, I saw like screen caps. I heard lots of good things. I think it's a it's a cool thing. I don't know why. You know, we don't it have took to this ha- long. Yeah, we don't have to have like one traditional broadcast. You know, you can do it on like anything. You can do it on Thursday night football. You have like three different options right. to watch. Well, you know what's really cool is um on Twitch you can watch yeah. a lot of those games and like your favorite streamers will like have the game on and you'll get to like hang with them which is you know if you're into that interactive you're that. yeah you know there's that's a cool aspect to it yeah I don't know why there hasn't been a put it on a kids channel and let let's let, get the kids involved and make it a little more fun for them um, so everything I heard about it was cool and I think it's something I'd like to see more out of sports because why not you know like kids watch tv too yeah <laughs> they watch I, I watched every minute of that game on nickelodeon just to like see how it would progress and shame that the game sucked <laughs> the game sucked so the nickelodeon aspect of it made it entertaining <laughs> yeah yeah and you know the they had nate burleson for kind of the football aspect of things and nate's great they uh had 
Ian Eagle's son, Noah Eagle, who, man, talk about your dad being the guy, <laughs> voice of the L.A. Clippers right out yeah, of college. Right. Jesus. Uh, and then they had two. They had a girl in the booth uh, and then the sideline reporter who I'm trying to get on the podcast because he is electric. Lex Lumpkin is this kid's name, uh, both on the reboot of all that. Uh, okay. So they were they were on there as kind of the Nickelodeon aspect of things. They had the MVP trophy, which went to Mitch Trubisky, which was really so is, fitting. He really is the MVP, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they they tried to the kids to... love Trubisky, which is great. That's great for him. <laughs> These kids don't know anything about football. Uh, and then Sean Payton got slimed in the locker room and. Uh, it was it was a flat out good broadcast, and every kick like they had SpongeBob going up in between the uprights. Like they, young Sheldon was explaining the uh, the rules for penalties and everything, and I was like, didn't know young Sheldon was part of Nickelodeon, but apparently that was also kind of their way to introduce uh, Paramount Plus, which is where all the Nickelodeon things will be going, and that's where young Sheldon's at, and I think he's syndicated on Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh God, now we're getting deep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they need to, they should be doing that with every sport. Yeah. You know, whether it's, it doesn't even have to just be kids. You can do it with anything. Like they have the, the, you can throw it on the history channel and have like, for real, add in like, if it's like a a Packers bears game, right. And do like, have like a historical component, you know, like how they do those weird cutaways all the time, but they're always awkward. It's like, remember this in 1971, the, the thunder bowl, it was, (laughs) Like you know, like they've thrown this weird thing. You can make that. Yeah, the, they have the more. analytics broadcast for baseball. Yeah, they had the they actually had on uh, ABC and ESPN for the Ravens Titans game uh, on ESPN two or no, it was ESPN plus. They had uh, the betcast. Yeah, so it was a gambling you know broadcast for the game, which I think don't know why it took that long for that to be introduced, right. but um, yeah, it, it needs to be just have variants throw, to bring in as many fans. Want. To watch your your game, and if there's any sport that needs like a Nickelodeon or a Cartoon Network broadcast, it's baseball. Yes, like I hope every single good luck to the creative <laughs> director that has to make baseball interesting to children. <laughs> That's a tough sell. <laughs> uh, it needs that. I I was thoroughly entertained, and hopefully, it's something they continue in the future because I know a lot of people. It was nostalgic too. For, for people our age, you know, they brought up a lot of old school Nickelodeon. It kind of showed you the the variance in where you grew up on, on the Nickelodeon scale of things. So job well done by the NFL on that front, uh, getting the Nickelodeon broadcast in there. But uh, like we said, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Check out the website. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review to uh, – also be part of our Joel and B Jersey giveaway on Twitter. All you got to do is retweet the tweet, follow us at underground PHI, and then to be entered, leave a five-star review with your favorite Joel and moment of his career thus far, as it is 2021. It is the year of Embiid and the giveaway winner will be announced on January 21st. So you have eight more days to enter that bad boy. And if you don't use Apple or you have an Android, just show us proof, DM, or, or tweet at us proof that you follow us on Spotify and you will also be entered. Now we're at 272 five-star ratings and reviews right now on the brink of 300. Uh, let's get to that before our, our three-year anniversary, which, very kind of the NFL to be hosting the Super Bowl. 
on our three-year anniversary. Uh, no invite, but that's fine. Very, very Ex- nice of them to throw a party in a year like this. Yeah, gotta, we'll, yeah, we we'll take gotta, a rain check. You got to limit limit the crowd down. It's it's good. We'll take the rain check and and we'll be there when things are normalized. Just let us know, Roger. Let I, us know. I didn't want to be there for Tom Brady's seventh <laughs> Super Bowl anyway. I'm not interested. Uh, yeah, Apple Podcast five star rating and review. If you want to enter into our Joel and B jersey giveaway. That ends on January 21st. You can also follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. You can watch the show live as we record this on Twitch, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. Steven Schneider has been killing it as a professional golfer. He's brought in different uh, fan bases recently where he has had like 50 people consistently in his streams from England, Canada, and uh, tailoring to those people is like, uh, I'm going live with Inside the Mind at 2.30 to be friendly to the European people. <laughs> I was like, do your thing, man. He's absolutely crushing it. Uh, we're 20 followers away from 200 on our Twitch channel, so follow the Twitch channel so you know when we go live, whether it's uh, you know me and Matt here doing the show or Steve streaming and being a professional golfer that he is. And uh, we'll be back later this week breaking down everything that goes on with this Sixers team. Who knows if a trade gets made. Daryl Moore, if you want to announce a trade on the podcast, feel free. Uh, let us know. You are always welcome on our show. And a uh, show would not be possible without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center, of Vineland and of course our friends at Tomahawk Shades TomahawkShades.com promo code USP gets you 25% off your order at checkout and right now for a limited time only free domestic shipping on all orders make sure you check out the small batch collective as well because once those bad boys are gone they are gone TomahawkShades.com promo code USP for 25% off Manscaped.com promo code USP gets you 20% off free shipping, and a big old thank you from your balls. And then our newest sponsor, our friends at Stateside Vodka, statesidevodka.com, the one-liter vodka bottles on their website, 10% off with our promo code USP. Help us out there. We want to promote our friends at Stateside as much as possible. They're hooking us up big time and hooking you up big time with that one liter of seven-times distilled electrolyte-infused Vodka, statesidevodka.com, one liter bottles, promo code USP for 10% off your order. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 296. Unfortunately, James Harden's not a sixer, but we go back to the drawing board. And uh, Brooklyn sucks anyway. Yeah. So we'll catch you guys. Hopefully, the Sixers come away with a win against the Heat on Thursday and uh, just keep it pushing. So for Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.